Thanks for listening to this podcast of Trending with Timory. If you haven't already subscribed, please catch us wherever you love to listen to your podcast, from the Relevant Radio app to Apple, YouTube, you name it, we are there. And if you listen on Apple Podcasts, please be sure to go and give us a five-star review to help other people discover the podcast. Anything you share in terms of episodes, whether it's texting it to a friend, posting on social media, helps to build up the kingdom for God to help confront the challenging issues we face as a culture, but with joy, with hope, and with an eternal perspective where our faith collides with everyday life, bringing eternal principles to help us live our life joyfully. So, what's trending? Bridging your Catholic faith with your everyday life. You're listening to Trending with Timory on Relevant Radio. What happens when Roe versus Wade is overturned? What are the current laws in various states? Have you heard of trigger laws, laws that will go into effect either immediately or just a number of days after the imminent overturning of Roe versus Wade? What, which states are those? Is it yours? What are the pro-abortion states and what is coming? Well, we'll explain what happens the day Roe versus Wade is overturned. So stay with me. We'll unpack that in just a little bit and talk about our role in what comes next. There's an alarming trend. A number of people under the age of 50 think that assassinating a politician is totally okay. We're going to talk about that. It's fascinating. A lot of people are reporting certain groups, but it's a lot of young men under 50 and a lot of young women under 50 who are okay with this. What does that say, especially going against the commandment, thou shalt not kill? What do we have to say about that? Why is this trend occurring? Joining me in just a moment will will be Jim O'Day, the executive director of Integrity Restored. And we're also going to unpack in our series on the 12 fruits of the Holy Spirit, the virtue, the fruit of the Holy Spirit of self-control. Talk about it when it comes to dieting. Maybe you struggle. There are lots of areas where self-control basically impacts our choices. And we're going to unpack how we can grow in this and better understand this incredible quality that we can have as an absolute gift coming from the Holy Spirit. You're listening to Trending with Tim Ray here on Relevant Radio during our weekly Gentleman's Hour. Joining me now is Jim O'Day, the Executive Director of Integrity Restored. You can find them at integrityrestored.com, helping people who are struggling essentially with sex addiction, uh, with looking at pornography. You want to stop. You have a loved one who's looking at it, and maybe that's impacted you and your relationship with them. Check them out, integrityrestored.com. An incredible resource for the challenges many people face today, both men and women circling around pornography. Jim has been in many areas of not just the non-for-profit world, but Homeland Security, defense, sales, you name it, is a a personal coach as well. And Jim, I'm interested to hear your thoughts on this trend. A study came out from the Southern Poverty Law Center. poll was taken over the last couple months, and it had to do with whether or not people approve of assassinating a politician who is harming the country, or democracy. Now, those over the age of 50 predominantly 
pretty clearly and blatantly said no they're not okay with assassination of political leaders especially in our country however those under 50 the stats are alarming about 45%, almost 5 in 10 Democrat men are okay with an assassination of a politician if they're under fi- if the person polled was under 50. 40%, 4 out of 10 Republican women were okay with it. 35% of Republican men and 32% of Democrat women. So we're talking about at least a minimum of 3 in 10 all the way up to almost 5 in 10 people under 50 believe that it is perfectly okay they approve of assassinating a politician who is harming the country or democracy. Jim O'Day here on Trending. What are your initial thoughts when you heard this poll that came out? Well, I guess the, the first thing I, I thought, Timory, is I'm not surprised. And then that made me really sad, honestly. Mm. But I think there's a there's a couple reasons for it. Um, I think one of the first reasons is we just don't know how to disagree anymore. We don't know how to have various viewpoints. Everything, every single conversation is almost broken down into I'm good, you're bad because you disagree mm-hmm. with me. Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's no two sides of a coin anymore. It's it's this complete, um, somebody said, and I can't remember who the man is, uh, he was a political strategist, and I don't even remember whether it was a Republican or a Democrat, but he said, one of the most effective strategies we can use is the strategy of demonization. Mm, friend or foe, and that's what everyone is today. It's really incredible because the way people's minds are thinking, you automatically brand someone an enemy, bad, hateful, bigoted, whatever you want to say, racist, etc. If they stupid, disagree with your opinion, not stupid. Well, yeah, absolutely. Emotional. You know, we we can throw all those things because it's these are arguments that people throw on both sides, although sometimes a little different from side to side, right? Yeah, but it's interesting that both sides are almost even in the in the in the fact that those under fifty think it's okay yeah, to I found assassinate it, a political figure. Right, and it's interesting because when I first read uh, a headline, it emphasized that forty four percent of Democrat men under fifty are okay with the assassination of a political leader. I opened it up and went, "That's bad," but that actually doesn't tell the whole story because forty percent of Republican women. 34% of Republican <laughs> men and 32% of Democrat women. I found yep. it absolutely fascinating that I'm almost surprised, Jim, that more people didn't point to the fact that four in 10 Republican women were okay with this uh, attitude of assassination in our nation. It's fascinating when we see this. I think that one of my first reactions to hearing this was, well, what's the mindset? Are people believing that these uh, political leaders believe in things that are so evil 
that the only way to end the regime of evil being implemented is to kill them. But then I thought, well, that's rather illogical because unless you have a, a great assurance that by taking out a particular political leader that there won't be a vacuum, a power vacuum of a similar evil dictator, leader, politician, Filling that same gap, well, it's very unreasonable to believe that we could go in and assassinate someone, especially in the United States, uh, and expect that the evil being done will be done away with. And so I really felt, Jim, initially that, well, some people might be thinking, well, this is how we get rid of really, really evil policy, and they feel like the political system isn't effective today, but on the other end, I realize just how illogical and how emotional of a answer that is that I think people just aren't really thinking through it. Well, they're not. And I think that there's a big reason for that. And part of the reason is that we don't know how to have healthy disagreement anymore. I think of a, a, a really good friend of mine. Um, we've known each other since we're five years old. And when I tell you we are on opposite ends of the spectrum on most <laughs> things, we are on opposite ends of the spectrum. I and would still, still tell you he's one, he's one of my best friends. Wow. He's like a brother to me. Now, we'll get into, if I'm at his house or he comes to my house, we have to travel to see each other now, but we do it a couple times a year. And generally, there's bourbon involved. And... We'll sit there and have deep and long discussions, but we'll listen to each other. And you know what? I've learned a lot from him, and he's learned a lot from me. But we have that conversation. Mm -hmm. You see, healthy disagreement is not just not seeing eye to eye with somebody, though it is that. It's also exchanging ideas about why. And, and if we think about our country and we think about our culture and Western society as a whole, one of the interesting things is that's what it was built upon, right? Discourse. Has it been perfect? No, it's not perfect. But it requires that discourse back and forth, even going back to Roman times, to the Greek society. If you're a student of history at all, you have to know that discourse and disagreement is part of the journey. Mm -hmm. It's interesting. One element that I want to dive into on this, because on one end of the spectrum, there's this absolute astonishment at the fact that we can't listen and agree with one another anymore, as you've mentioned, and how it seems that uh, older generations uh, kind of... Uh, Really, anyone who's not a millennial, because the reality is, is that millennials are in their 40s now. It's kind of crazy to think. We often think of millennials as kind of the young ones running around. Uh, but beyond millennials, it seems like there's a greater capacity to be cooperative in working relationships, in friendly relationships, sometimes familial relationships. I think sometimes we're a little more sensitive in those areas. Um, but I think the other end of the spectrum that I'm so astounded by, uh, Jim, is from a Catholic perspective and a very human-centered perspective, the fifth commandment is common sense. Thou shalt not kill. It's reasonable. It's human 
uh, centered. It's human lo- human nature. It's natural law. Uh, you know, yes, we can get into a whole conversation about legitimate self-defense and protection of others. And some might even argue that, and absolutely so, an assassination can be legitimate self-defense and for the protection of others. But I think that what this points to more so is that with such a wide number of people saying they're okay with the assassination of a political leader here in the United States, it points to a crisis culturally where our morality rests on our self-perceived rights, our emotion-driven perspectives and arguments. And really, Jim, it it rests on me, uh, on a me-centered approach rather than the human natural law approach of understanding that killing people is actually wrong. Well, and I guarantee you, if you if you talked to individually, and it was a small study, right? It was only about fifteen hundred people, I believe. Yes. Um, but if you and I would love for somebody to further this study and and talk to those fifteen hundred people, um, if you ask them, would you kill someone? I'm sure the vast majority would say no. Yes, we're not willing to get our hands but dirty. Some, right, but somebody else should do it, right? Mm-hmm. That's somebody mm-hmm. else's job to do because but, we're just that self-indulgent today, right. narcissistic. But uh, Jim, doesn't that speak to the pro-abortion culture we live in? This is a culture of death. Mm-hmm. And it is, an, it, it is interesting that when we have a culture of death, when we have an abortion-centered culture, that we are okay with the idea of killing people because we have devalued life. And so I think that that is a part of it because even the abortion argument, the vast majority of people are pro-life. But a lot of people are, hey, I wouldn't personally have an abortion, but if someone else wants yeah. to, that's fine, and I'll even support you. So what they're saying is I personally wouldn't kill my child, but if you want to kill your child, I'm happy to support you in doing that. That's what that argument makes. And this is basically the same thing with what you're saying with these, with the willingness of most people under, a vast majority of people under the age of 50 being okay with the assassination of a politician in the United States. I think that that speaks to the same exact argument. I'm not willing, again, we don't know this part of it, I'm not willing to do it, but I agree, they wouldn't be willing to, but if someone else wants to, that's perfectly okay. Yep, and I think it, you know, the the the, the abortion issue, uh, transgender rights, you could just, the it just goes further and further when we get more and more disconnected from mm-hmm. natural law, from when God. we get more and more disconnected from God, mm-hmm. when we get more and more disconnected from each other, you know, we think we're more connected today because of social media and <laughs> right. email and Twitter and Facebook and all these things. There was a song, I'm going to show my age a little bit, and I won't sing it, you're lucky, but oh, um, please. The, the, <laughs> the song was... Uh, I think it was somebody named Richard, something Richard. It's so funny how we don't talk anymore. It's so funny why we don't talk anymore. It was the late 70s, early 80s, probably. And a very popular song. And I thought of that song when we were getting ready for the show today. Because while we think we're so much more connected, we're actually completely disconnected. Because we don't speak to each other anymore. And so we don't value each other. And if we don't value each other, the people closest to us, why would we care about some politician 
or mm-hmm. some baby in some lady's womb, or right. if somebody's kid wants to, a little boy wants to be a little girl. We don't care about it because we don't care about anything really. Mm-hmm. We feel like we do because we rant and we rave and we, we can shout loudly without ever speaking a word. We can shout loudly with our thumbs. But what we don't realize is we're living in a vacuum Mm -hmm. of our own making. Right. Those companies, those platforms are feeding us only the same information over and over again because they know we'll click on it. It's scary times. Jim, one final thought, and I think that this is almost, it's a problem, but it's a moment of hope. It reveals a lot. The reality is, is that today, I think that this poll showing that a number, a very high number of people under 50 are okay with the assassination of a political leader here in the United States, I think what it it reveals is the reality of how we've overly worshipped, and I really mean it, worshipped our politicians rather than God. We've made our politicians the ones who will save the world or the evil ones who will destroy the world. And so what this reveals is this need for a return, especially for us people of faith, to, yes, say politics are important, voting is important, getting involved in the political system and lobbying all of these things, what laws we pass are so important. But that is not what will save us. God alone saves. This is what was so scandalous to the Jews that Jesus Christ was claiming to be God and he is and he is the hope of the world. And this, I think, revelation that people are so willing to bump off and and assassinate a politician points and reveals that desperate need to walk away from uh, making our politicians, saviors, and turning back to the true savior, our Lord Jesus Christ. That's Jim O'Day, the executive director of Integrity Restored here on Trending. We're going to come back during our weekly gentleman's hour today on Trending and talk about self-control. It's one of the 12 fruits of the Holy Spirit. It's a virtue, has to do with eating, and a whole lot of other things surrounding our choices. We'll be back in just a moment to unpack it. Check out integrityrestored.com. Again, that's integrityrestored.com. I'll be back in just a moment talking about what happens with the imminent overturning of Roe versus Wade. What happens the moment it's overturned in each state? I'll explain that in just a second. So, what's trending? Bridging your Catholic faith with your everyday life. You're listening to Trending with Timory on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Welcome to our weekly Gentleman's Hour. Today on Trending, we're talking about the 12 fruits of the Holy Spirit, one of which is so important, that is self-control. We often reduce self-control to the idea of how much food we do and don't eat. And when we have that extra helping every night or just at Thanksgiving meal and we head into the realm of gluttony, we think about it in those moments, but do we really think about it otherwise? Do we think about the reality that self-control touches all areas of our choices moment to moment, day in and day out? Joining me now to discuss this is Jim O'Day, the Executive Director of Integrity Restored, helping people who are struggling with sexual addiction and pornography use and the wounds and the fallout from that, especially if perhaps you've been hurt by a loved one. 
who's been looking at pornography. Check them out at integritystored.com. That's integritystored.com. Jim, let's talk about the Holy Spirit, the absolute gift the Holy Spirit is, and these fruits that are offered to us, one of which being self-control. When you think about self-control, especially work in the field you do of the issue of pornography and sexual addiction, so Jim O'Day, the executive director of Integrity Restored, he'll be right back with us in just a moment. It's interesting because every day we have choices to make when it comes to everything from what we'll eat today, what movie we'll watch, if we'll binge watch a second TV show, if you'll pay attention to your child rather than looking at your phone for too long. Every moment to moment, there's so many moments kind of as uh, serious and as moral as some some of those or as simple as how will you do your hair today? Will you eat chicken or will you eat a vegetable? So many choices are before us and in the heart of every choice is a means, a balance between virtue and vice and self-control is part of what helps us in moderating but not just moderating but controlling what we will choose how much when the right timing waiting and i think of this when it comes to the series that we've been doing on the 12 fruits of the holy spirit It's particularly poignant right now because I think the great gift is that we recognize that divine grace helps us to make choices. It helps us to make choices with self-control. And that's what the fruit of the Holy Spirit is. That we don't have to do it all alone. You see, God created us with intellect and he created us with free will, which meant that we could come to know something through our intellect And then freely choose it. And that's what's so powerful about this gift of human nature. And why God knew that in the midst of our freedom to choose. We'd also need the grace to choose rightly. Because our freedom to choose is for the sake of doing good. Joining me now back with us is Jim O'Day. The Executive Director of Integrity Restored. And we are going to continue to unpack this especially in relation to the crisis in the culture in relation to sexual addiction and pornography, but it's not the only area that is important to talk about self-control. I think that one of the biggest problems when it comes to self-control, whether it be food, having the self-control not to eat something when you shouldn't, or having the self-control to save yourself from marriage or whatever it might be. The problem of today is that we live in a world of endless possibilities and choices. And I think that that can be exciting. And I also think that at the same time, because so many things are attainable for us, in other words, there are so many things available at our fingertips that we wouldn't otherwise necessarily have access to, we have more choices than ever before. And that means we have the capacity 
to need greater self-control and we have the capacity to exercise less self-control. Almost because we're being inundated with more choices than before. I mean, you go to the grocery store, you have five options for one type of cereal. You have the generic and the name brand, but then you also have a healthier knockoff, a bougie knockoff, and all of these different options for what cereal you're going to eat. But it's not just cereal. Choices are everywhere. Jim O'Day, the executive director of Integrity Restored, is back with us. Jim, I want to talk about these choices we make and where self-control enters into the conversation and how you see the role of the Holy Spirit being so important in the many choices people are making today, especially in relation to the work you do with people who are struggling with sexual addiction and pornography use. Yeah, we, uh, you know, in my work here at Integrity Restored, we hear it all the time. Um, Self-control is is a big part of the recovery journey, and it's one of the most difficult parts for people. Because today, honestly, we live in a world where we're totally discouraged from demonstrating self-control. We're constantly being told in 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 media and messaging and, and even conversations when we do have them that do whatever you want to be happy. You deserve it. You owe it to yourself. We're kind kind of inundated with what you were talking about, the more is better mentality. And that's not true. I mean, Merriam-Webster, the dictionary, tells you the definition of self-indulgence is excessive or unrestrained gratifications of one's own appetites. In contrast, the definition of self-control is restraint exercise over one's own impulses, emotions, or desires. Now, we need God's help to do that, because the way the human brain works, we like to do the easiest thing. And the easiest thing is usually to give in to our whim. But living a life of self-control is attainable, and it's a process. There was an article a couple years ago, I was surprised, Timory, in Forbes magazine that, uh, I wish I kept it, but um, it talked about how how self-control is really important for your overall health. And they did all kinds of studies and looked at all kinds of studies from all around the world, your emotional well-being, your spiritual well-being, and your physical well-being. And the common denominator against high sc- for getting high scores in all those areas was self-control. Isn't that curious that it's one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit? And it's so important to our overall well-being. And isn't it interesting because we can't do it alone. And I think that's what's so rewarding in a peaceful way that God's asking us to do all this good. We have our conscience that's convicting our hearts, our minds, our actions, and we have guilt. And a lot of people will talk about Catholic guilt. Uh, I hear many people who have left the Catholic faith refer to Catholic guilt, but it's your conscience working to say, I can do better. But if we miss the fact that in Jesus Christ, we can do better with him and only in him, well, then that takes all the pressure off and that Catholic guilt shouldn't be there the way that people tend to cling to it today. And so I think this Forbes magazine article that you're mentioning uh, speaks profoundly into that space of the necessity of success in terms of human excellence and the necessity for God. Well, there's no, there's no doubt about it. And, and here in Integrity Restored, 
when we're talking to people about a recovery journey, and I think you could use this model, Timory, for any struggle in your life. We talk about three things. We talk about the science, so getting therapeutic help, clinical help where you need it to understand the root problem. We talk about an increase in the spiritual life, frequent reception of the sacraments, and spiritual direction. And then finally, we talk about community, your relationships. Because we can't do any of these things alone. And God knows that. And so he built us to live in community with each other and to rely on each other and to communicate with each other. But he also gave us the gifts of the Holy Spirit that if we're open to receiving them. And this gift of self-control, I think, is very interesting because I think, this is my opinion, I'm not a theologian, but to me in talking to people, if we don't work on that gift from the Holy Spirit and pray for that gift and cultivate that gift, it's really hard to utilize any of the other gifts in our life that the Holy Spirit Mm -hmm. has given us. Mm -hmm. Do you agree with that? Oh, absolutely. And I think this is where the life of virtue, but virtues received from God, such as the three theological virtues, the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit, and the 12 fruits of the Holy Spirit, which the latter we're doing a series on, if you have one, you often have them all. And that's why the greatest of all the virtues is charity, because if we have charity, it infuses, and it's an infused grace, it infuses these virtues in us. And so just as if we practice self-control, but more importantly, pray for self-control, we're going to grow in many areas of our life. Jim, I am curious, because you deal a lot with uh, relationships and the relational fallout as a result of the lack of self-control. Why do you think that self-control is weighing so negatively on relationships without people realizing it? And I, I to kind of frame that a little bit more, where people think that, well, I can do whatever I want. It's not going to impact anyone else. But that lack of self-control and that choice of isolation or believed isolation, that choice is really damaging relationships and people. Yet when they enter into these choices, they think that they're in isolation and won't harm anyone. I tell people all the time, this comes up constantly in my work, Timory, as you can imagine. Well, pornography is not hurting anyone. I don't know why my wife's so upset. I don't understand right. why my girlfriend's mad. I don't understand why my parents care. This is not hurting anyone. Well, number one, that's not true. It's hurting a lot of people. Most importantly, you number one. And that's a choice you're making. But you know what, my friend? Self-control is also a choice. The difference with self-control is the Holy Spirit will help you with that choice. He will give you the strength. You just have to work on cultivating that habit. But we've come to this place today where it's all about what I want, when I want it, and all about what I feel not about how it's going to impact somebody else. And, and I did a podcast not too long ago, Tim Murray, with a deacon who's been involved in um, marriage prep for over 25 years. And I said to him, I said, you know, one of the biggest problems I have with, with marriage prep today 
is that we don't really talk about enough, number one, pornography, because most young couples are dealing with it, almost all of them. Mm-hmm. And the second, I don't and think the it's mentioned in mine at all. Yeah, we don't talk about it in marriage prep. And, and the second thing is we don't talk enough about selfishness. Mm. Because when you're getting into a marriage, I promise you, I've been married 35 years. It's not going to be a 50-50 partnership. There's times when you're going to have to give 110% because your spouse can't for whatever reason. Think of sickness. Think of uh, small children. There's so many reasons. Think of just an emotional state, whatever. It's not, it's not this 50-50. So you have to be willing to give all of yourself to make it work. Mm-hmm. And it just seems that culturally... That's not even normal anymore. They don't want to talk about it. Right. And you have to have the self-control to be able to give all of yourself. If you're not uh, self-contained and not giving yourself away or being loose with yourself in other areas, I mean, even just as simple as staying healthy, diet, exercise, if you're not, if you don't have self-control to carve out the time to spend less on one thing, to give more time to exercise and proper eating, well, then you're not going to be able to give as much of yourself to your family maybe you won't have as much energy you know there's so many things it's a domino effect of choices and this is why self-control is so important Uh, jim i want to speak briefly to saint joseph as a model for self-control i think of him in particular because here this man is he has a choice to make he discovers that his betrothed mary they're in that first stage of jewish marriage before they're living together And boom, here she is. She's pregnant. And he's planning on setting her aside quietly. And he has to reel himself in when all of a sudden through divine intervention, through a dream, he's told Mary's pregnant by the power of the Holy Spirit. He had to take a significant amount of self-control to be willing to listen to that message and still make a choice based on that divine calling and inspiration. And then to have this attitude toward Mary of absolute self-control, I think he's the pinnacle of seeing the fruit of the Holy Spirit self-control working in a human person today. And it is supernatural at times. Even, even clients I speak to say, I can't believe I got through that without looking at porn. That wasn't me. Ah, well, see, here's the thing we're, we're generally doing today, I think. My opinion again, Tim Murray. Um, we're self-medicating ourselves with all kinds of stuff, food, pornography, alcohol, uh, social media, whatever, to numb out something that makes us uncomfortable, whatever that thing is. I can certainly think that St. Joseph was very uncomfortable when he learned what he learned. And he could have numbed himself with something, leaving Mary, going to find another wife, going to gamble, uh, you know, whatever drink of choice was. Uh, but he didn't do that, right? He got introspective and he prayed. And because of that faith that he exhibited, God made it clear to him what happened and strengthened him in self-control That's what we should be praying for. That's what we should be asking for. Yes, we have to work in ourselves to cultivate it as a habit. But we also have to ask for the supernatural gift 
And that's going to take looking into that stuff that makes us uncomfortable, that stuff that we want to self-medicate, that we want to numb, that we want to take away. Come Holy Spirit, we pray for the fruit of self-control in our lives and those of our loved ones. You're listening to Trending with Tim Murray here on Relevant Radio. That's been Jim O'Day, the Executive Director of Integrity Restore. Thank you so much for joining us today, Jim, and for all that you do helping people heal from the harm of the sexual fallout of pornography and sexual addiction, as well as their loved ones. Check them out at IntegrityRestore.com. That's IntegrityRestore.com. Also, Bloom for Catholic Women as well. We'll include a link in the podcast notes. It's another organization under the umbrella of Integrity Restored and specifically for women whose spouses, um, they've experienced betrayal trauma from their spouses. We'll post on social media as well as in the podcast notes, RelevantRadio.com forward slash trending. You can catch the podcast or wherever you listen to your podcast. We are there. I'll be right back to talk about what happens the moment Roe versus Wade is overturned and the decision of abortion returned to the states. This is the imminent expected decision of the court based on that leaked draft opinion. And so we're waiting on pins and needles. And the question was, what happens the moment that goes back to the states? Well, I'll unpack what will happen state to state. Stay tuned. We'll be right back here on Trending. So, what's trending? Bridging your Catholic faith with your everyday life. You're listening to Trending with Timory on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. This California girl does not do humidity. I mean, like 30% humidity in California and we're dying feeling sticky in California. I'm one of those people who doesn't really just like sweat throughout the day. And I don't sweat that much when I exercise either. So just feeling that stickiness on my skin is not pleasant. Anyways, I'm complaining because here I am in the Midwest and the house we bought a few months ago does not have AC and we took our sweet time having it installed. I know. Shame on us because it's finally being installed tomorrow. But yesterday was a little kind of warm and humid. Lots of shade. Been able to manage fine. And then today... It's basically 100 degrees. It is totally humid. I am dying. My poor husband, he, I've been nagging him all day. And he said, you didn't even tell me good morning. You just started harassing me. I have not been in a good mood. We're talking about self-control and the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit, because I certainly need some of that right now. But it does remind me that tomorrow here on Trending, we're actually going to talk about whether or not your husband should have to earn your respect. What do you think? Should a man have to earn respect in marriage? Gentlemen, do you think you should have to earn that respect? Well, I read a fascinating article some years ago by political commentator and also a Catholic, Matt Walsh, from the Matt Walsh Show on The Daily Wire. And he wrote a whole article about why a husband shouldn't have to earn your respect and how when he started his marriage with his wife, his wife automatically respected him. And even when he didn't know what on earth he was doing as a new husband and then a new father, and he was kind of figuring out what does it mean to lead my family. And he really spoke volumes and highly to uh, how 
she respected him. Anyways, Matt Walsh is joining me here tomorrow on Trending. We're going to talk about respect within marriage, how he learned this, how he learned to lead. But also, we're going to talk about his new documentary that came out called What is a Woman? He traveled the world asking this question. If you haven't seen it, we're going to unpack a little bit of it tomorrow here on Trending with Matt Walsh. Okay, so today I want to talk about what happens the moment the anticipated Supreme Court decision of Roe versus Wade is overturned in the court case of Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health. Now, again, this is the anticipated outcome based on Justice Sam Alito's drafted majority opinion that was leaked rather scandalously a couple months ago and that the Supreme Court confirmed was a legitimate opinion. Now, we are waiting on pins and needles any day for the imminent decision. Please pray for our Supreme Court justices and their families for courage, for protection, and for faith in each and every single one of them in conversion. But what will happen when that decision is handed down? If indeed Roe versus Wade is overturned, as we've said before, that means a decision of abortion returns to the individual states. And it's really fascinating and exciting. And I want to say this again. It is very exciting to look at the future of abortion in this nation and the work that is still yet to be done. There are 17 states with what I'll refer to as trigger laws. And actually, we could argue that there are actually 23 or 22 states with trigger laws. 22 states with trigger laws. And what does that mean? Well, the moment that Roe versus Wade is overturned, the current law in that state will take effect. Now, these are states that really over the last 15 to 20 years, many of them over just the last five years or so, passed pro-life laws that are so pro-life that under Roe versus Wade and Planned Parenthood versus Casey, the two Supreme Court cases in 73 and 92, because of the limits on abortion having to do with uh, the idea of viability and the fact that viability today is 22 weeks, it used to be later, or based on the idea that there can be no undue burden placed on a woman in accessing abortion, well, these laws didn't take effect. Actually, in fact, some federal courts blocked the laws from going into effect, even though the law is currently on the books in that state. So once Roe versus Wade is overturned, some of these laws, the blocks will be lifted and it will be illegal to obtain an abortion in those states. But Here's the reality. There are currently so many of these states. I, I just want to list all of these trigger law states that have pro-life laws just waiting to be implemented. This is really good news. South Dakota, Idaho, Kentucky, Kentucky, Louisiana, Mississippi, Missouri, North Dakota, Oklahoma, South Dakota, Tennessee, Texas, Utah, Wyoming, Georgia, Iowa, Ohio, South Carolina, these are all states that, again, really over the last 15 to 20 years, in particular the last few years, have passed pro-life laws that are just waiting for the overturning of Roe versus Wade, and boom, these laws go into effect. Now, state to state, it's a little different. Some of these laws will go into effect immediately, outlawing abortion. 
Others will go into effect about 30 days later. Now, I can give you actually some precise examples of this. For example, in Kentucky, the trigger law, that's what it's referred to, that bans abortion, bans abortion in almost all cases. The law only provides an exception for abortion to save the mother's life. And again, we will be going after these exceptions because abortion never saves a mother's life. Uh, we've talked about that argument here on Trending before. Uh, directly killing a baby isn't what saves a mother's life. Perhaps delayed uh, a choice of delayed care on the part of a mother could prolong suffering and increase an illness, but the child is not an illness. The child is not the cause of that illness. A mother could heroically forego treatment until the baby's born, or she could choose treatment that is harmful to the baby, although that's not the intent uh, to be done. It's to help heal her, not to harm the baby. Again, those are conversations we've talked a lot about recently here on Trending. Well, the state of Louisiana, again, is another one of those states, just to give a handful of examples, immediately when Roe versus Wade's overturned, this ban, uh, again, basically on almost all abortions in the state, except for in circumstances where the mother's life is at risk as well, the law punishes abortion providers up to 10 years in prison and fines of up to $100,000. And here's what's interesting. Already, Louisiana law was the only one passed by a state government fully controlled by Democrats at the time pro-life Democrats in the state of Louisiana controlled the government at that time in their state and they passed this pro-life law. We need to not be afraid to remind and support our politicians on both sides of the political spectrum uh, because abortion should not be and is not and never used to be a partisan issue, but it is today. Now, it is exciting because currently many Republicans in particular in the state legislature there in Louisiana are actually working to classify abortion as a homicide. They're working on that this year. And so what would happen is make it even more difficult in the instances of accessing an abortion. This actually does get into the debate, though. What happens? Would this be one of those states where it would look at punishing possibly a woman for abortion? Well, after a wave of negative press, that part of uh, the law was actually uh, pulled out and gutted that a woman would not be punished because the reality is, is that most pro-life people believe that a woman is a second victim of abortion and at this point in history should not be punished for trying to access an abortion. It should be those who cooperate and encourage her in getting the abortion and who perform the abortions. Perhaps at a different point in history, when abortion has not been a norm, when abortion hasn't been legal for years, when people haven't been trained and indoctrinated to believe that abortion is what makes women functioning members of society, perhaps then there would be a good time to provide punishment for a woman. However, the reality is, is today women are manipulated and abused and pressured into situations with regard to abortion. And so this is why, again, States such as Louisiana, when there was an attempt to punish the woman if she tried to obtain an abortion, that part of the bill was rejected and it was removed from an increase in more pro-life restrictions on that particular 
uh, state law. Idaho uh, is another example of a state where 30 days after Roe versus Wade is overturned, their pro-life law will go into effect. Now, Idaho is another one of those states where the elected officials have already said that they plan to strive very quickly to eliminate any exceptions in the current Idaho law that give room for, uh, in cases of rape or incest, uh, or health and life of the mother, where they, again, legislators there in Idaho are saying, we're going to take out those parts of the law because abortion should not be acceptable in any instance. This is so exciting. Again, those are just 17 states that I listed, listed to you that have passed laws after Roe versus Wade was overturned. And some of these laws are partially in effect or waiting to go into effect. But there are also six other states, or sorry, five other states that have pro-life laws that are still on the books in those states from prior to Roe versus Wade. Perhaps you didn't know this, but prior to Roe versus Wade, a vast number of states had actually passed very pro-life laws outlawing abortion. Well, if those laws are still what are on the books, well, those are what go into effect because Roe versus Wade overruled those and prevented and banned those laws from being implemented. But once Roe versus Wade is overturned, those laws, yes, back before 1973 were passed, will indeed go into effect. And so the pro-life states with laws that still have them blocking abortion include Alabama, Arizona, Michigan, Wisconsin, and West Virginia. Now, you and I talked a couple weeks ago about the controversy in Michigan that already political leaders are saying that they will not prosecute, they will not uphold the pro-life laws there in the state of Michigan. Uh, I've gone into further detail on that. We'll actually include a link in the podcast notes as well as on social media where I explain that uh, because it's really important to see what's happening. I think we'll have a handful of states where some of the political leaders will say, yes, this is the law, but I refuse to uphold this law. And so we'll see further controversy and legal battles. Wisconsin is another state where we have something similar to that going on, uh, where, again, the elected officials or those who determine things when it comes to the legal system are saying they will not uphold it either. But again, five states already have pre-existing pro-life laws prior to Roe versus Wade that will go back into effect. Uh, okay, then there are six radical pro-abortion states, New York, Maine, Vermont, Illinois, Rhode Island, and Virginia, that have rather strong pro-abortion laws that, hey, if you live in one of those states, be ready because just like every state, whether you have pro-life laws on the book or pro-abortion laws on the book, we need to strengthen our laws, gut the exceptions for abortion. States such as California are already gearing up to be sanctuary states. There are many bills before the state legislature today trying to make abortion most permissive in California. There are even abortion spas opening up in California, trying to make California a abortion destination state. Here's our part to play. We need to ask ourselves in the coming days, in the coming weeks, where do I fit in? Prayer, fasting, activism, lobbying, legislative activity, sidewalk counseling, educating, volunteering, dedicating, and even changing careers, writing, and donating are all things that we can consider. We need to ask ourselves, what can I do today? 
What can I do to prepare in the future for my involvement in the pro-life movement? What gifts and talents have I been given to build a culture of life? What do I need to learn more about to better uphold the pro-life position? These are all questions that we must ask ourselves to strengthen our pro-life resolve. But let's get excited because we are going to see pro-life laws sweeping the nation any day. This is Timory from Trending with Timory. What is a woman? It's a new documentary by Matt Walsh from the Matt Walsh Show on the Daily Wire, and he'll join me here on Trending to discuss his experience in traveling the world asking this question. We'll also discuss it during our weekly marriage hour, whether or not men should have to earn their wives' respect. Where does the Catholic Church rest on this? We'll talk about the controversial topic of respect between spouses. So join me Thursday, 6 p.m. Central on Relevant Radio or the Relevant Radio app.